Welcome to episode three of Schizo Steven's Story. Today, like I said, is episode three, and this is going to be adulting with schizophrenia, which is the topic. Uh, I'm not sure how long this particular episode will be, but I guess we'll just kind of fly by the seat of our plant. I can't speak today. We will fly by the seat of our pants today, and we'll kind of just see where today's discussion takes us. Um, so the first half is going to be adulting, uh, how schizophrenia has impacted my adult life. And then the second half, I'm going to be diving more into spirituality and schizophrenia, uh, more specifically where I am when it comes to spirituality, religion, God, and where I find myself right now today. Um, so let's go on this journey together and hopefully... Um, someone finds this episode of worth to them, and they can reflect and get something from it. So adulting with schizophrenia, um, for me anyways, I would say it has impacted several parts of my adulthood. Um, and we're going to kind of go piece by piece. So the first area that I've seen um, schizophrenia impact me when it comes to being an adult would be um, daily activities um, that are kind of mandatory for being an adult. Um, for example, bills or paying bills, being on time with payments, whether it's a phone bill, electricity, rent, what so have you. One area that schizophrenia has impacted me has been saving, um, impulsivity when it comes to spending money, um, when it comes to just having a savings, having a checking. Um, one aspect or symptom of schizophrenia for a lot of people, and for me, myself, first and foremost, I'm speaking on my behalf, is schizophrenia has made my impulse, um, impulsivity anyways, um, my impulses um, 10 times more um, severe. So when it comes to spending money, um, it's almost impossible for me to keep it. Um, and that's not an excuse. Um, I don't like using excuses because I feel like, especially for someone with a mental health disorder like I do, I have to hold myself accountable and responsible for my actions even when I don't like to or when I don't want to. So it is my fault um, that my impulses are out of whack. So when it comes to saving money, I have a lot of trouble. So that makes paying bills and so forth um, very hard to do since um, it's hard for me to keep it in the bank and make sure I pay bills on time. Another aspect of adulting that schizophrenia has impacted me a lot um, has been working. Uh, I would say in my early 20s, mid 20s, even late 20s, um, I was able to work relatively um, not easily, but I was able to hold a job for more than a year. I was able to focus. I was able to follow tasks. I was able to follow instructions. And part of, the, part of that was that these symptoms were relatively new to me. Hearing voices, visually hallucinating, impulsivity, um, agitation, positive symptoms like the hallucinations, negative symptoms like um, having trouble with empathy, sympathy, compassion, showing emotions and feelings, um, uh, you know, having that reflection in my voice that I care. Um, those things were relatively new to me. So I was able to kind of get through work despite all of those issues. But 
going into being an adult now, 32 years old, um, those aspects are really hard to get through. And part of it is because I'm older um, and that my symptoms, I feel like, are becoming more and more severe. So it's hard for me to hold a job for more than three months. Again, I have to take accountability and responsibility, and it is my fault. Um, even though I have schizophrenia, I have to take that fault because it's my fault. They're my actions. And so that's something that I'm trying my best to do is to take accountability for my um, skills that are lacking. Um, so we have money management, which is severely impacted by schizophrenia. Holding a job is impacted by schizophrenia. Um, I would say relationships, whether peer relationships, coworkers, um, even romantic relationships, family relationships. Um, I would say relationships in general definitely were impacted in my adulthood going from 30 to 32 now um, and into the future. It is really hard to have a stable relationship when you have schizophrenia. Um, not because you don't love someone, but because your symptoms generally do get in the way. Meaning, it's hard to show compassion, empathy. It's hard to have that reflection in your voice that you care some days. It's hard to show someone you love them when your impulses, when your actions show something else. <clears throat> it's really hard to show that you love someone when, you know, your actions are showing something else. It's like when people say, your actions show action actions speak louder than words um when you have schizophrenia uh, sometimes our actions show something completely different than what we're saying and it's something that we don't realize until maybe later i know for me i don't really realize how bad things are until a couple days later or a couple weeks later and then that's when i can reflect and go huh my actions really depicted this even though X, Y, and Z were happening, and I didn't mean it. So romantic relationships are really hard to keep going on a stable path when you have schizophrenia. Now, does it mean that it's impossible? No. Does it mean that, you know, no one is able to do it? No. Um, there's plenty of people who have schizophrenia who, have, are, who are in loving romantic relationships, so we have money management, money management, we have impulsivity, we have keeping a job, you know, you have relationships that are hard to do into adulthood. Um, you know, what else can you guys think of? Uh, I can think of a few more. One would be exercise and um, I would say good habits, whether it's eating. Um, so eating habits, uh, exercise, physical, um, emotional, the habits that really help us get into a brighter, healthier path, a healthier journey. Um, when you have schizophrenia, you know, some days you just don't want to take a shower. You don't want to bathe. You don't want to wash your clothes. You don't want to do laundry. You don't want to do the dishes. You don't even want to get out of bed. You don't want to talk to anyone, text anyone, reply to anyone. When you have schizophrenia, some days those, you know, the auditory hallucinations can be so bad that you just hide under the covers. Visual hallucinations can be so bad that you hide in your closet. And so, you know, those coping skills, those positive or negative habits that someone has can be severely impacted when you have schizophrenia into adulthood. Um, most people, you know, you have to eat healthy, you have to go to the gym, you have to exercise. Maybe you don't even go to the gym. 
Maybe you take, um, you know, a one mile, two mile walk every day. Having those healthy coping skills can be difficult when you have schizophrenia because of schizophrenia symptoms making it extremely difficult for you to lead a normal life. And so another aspect of adulting that I find very, very difficult is those coping skills, whether it's mental, physical, spiritual. I mean, schizophrenia can definitely impact someone's um, emotional well-being and having a healthier lifestyle. Um, so those are areas that I found that schizophrenia has impacted my daily life into adulthood. Um, hopefully you guys have, um, you know, uh, I would say enjoyed those areas and maybe you can connect with them. Maybe you can reflect in your own life. Maybe you have questions and I can answer them. Next, we're going to go into more of the spiritual aspect of things. And I would say that um, my journey in, when it comes to religion has been definitely different. Um, my adopted dad is Jewish. My adopted mom's Catholic. Um, I remember growing up, my biological parents were Baptist. Um, I found Islam in college and I, I converted to Islam. And then I left Islam in my mid-late 20s. And then I found and read the Book of Mormon in my late 20s, early 30s. I stopped going to church for a little bit, and now I'm back at it going to church. So my journey when it comes to religion and spirituality has definitely been a wild ride. And so what I feel um, when it comes to religion specifically uh, that I would say is important to really discuss has to be with you cannot push religion on anyone. Um, religion is a personal commitment. So um, what do I mean by personal commitment? I mean that, you know, I cannot say that my way is right and everyone's way is wrong. I cannot um, say that, you know, you guys better believe what I believe. Um, you know, I really can't sit around and say, you know, I'm better than everyone because of my spiritual beliefs. And, you know, honestly, um, part of spirituality, part of believing in God, at least for me, is that it should make you a better person. It should make you more empathetic, more compassionate. Um, it, you know, believing in God should make you more of a, a better, um, meaningful life. And it should give you that aspect that, you want to help people, you want to serve people, uh, you want to do good in the world. Um, if you or if anyone claims to be spiritual and they're causing harm to people, um, there's something definitely wrong in someone's way of thinking. At least I believe so. Um, religion, spirituality, belief in God, whether it's Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, whether it's Jesus, peace be upon him, um, whether it's the spirit, whether it's Buddha, whether it's Vishnu, I mean, all of them at the end of the day should make you a better person, should make you want to help the homeless, help the poor, help the needy, help the widows, help the orphans, you know, provide support for all of those types of groups that need help. And so that's what it does for me. Um, what we're going to go over today is the Book of Mormon a little bit of um, First Nephi and what I found to be very helpful for me. And so a little bit about 
First Nephi in the Book of Mormon. We're not going to discuss Joseph Smith or, you know, Prophet Joseph Smith. Um, we're not going to discuss that. I'm just going to kind of break down First Nephi from the first book in the Book of Mormon. Uh, first Nephi is about a gentleman, a guy named Nephi, who begins the record of his people. Um, what really happens is that Lehi sees a vision and the pillars of fire and reads from a book of prophecy. And Lehi praises God, foretells the coming of a Messiah, and prophesies the destruction of Jerusalem. Uh, and so that's kind of the start of First Nephi. Now, what I'll say is that First Nephi, for me, really does show um, just the willingness of someone to believe in something and to... At times, maybe they fall, but they get back up and they go forth in their belief. Um, I would say one of the biggest things for me um, actually would be the ending of First Nephi. And, you know, it, it, it talks about repentance. It talks about believing in God. It talks about following commandments. It talks about righteousness. But one area... Uh, that I was, you know, really taken by uh, is in First Nephi 22. Uh, and this particular verse says, <clears throat> And the righteous need not fear, for they are those who shall not be confounded. And then it kind of goes on to what is going to be happening in the kingdom of God and in... The destruction and, you know, Jerusalem and so forth. But I was really taken back by the fact that the righteous or those who believe in God, um, that they should not fear, that uh, they should not be confounded, that when things get difficult, when struggles happen, whether it's homelessness, whether it's losing a job, whether it's you lose your partner um, maybe, you know, someone, your partner, your, your spouse cheats and commits adultery, whatever it is, um, you know, it, it's about moving on. It's about knowing that God is with you, you know, and part of it also shows in, for, uh, for example, first Nephi 19, where it talks about for the things which some men esteem to be of great worth, both to the body and soul, others set at naught and trample under their feet. And it's about how, you know, everyone kind of takes certain things for great worth. What I feel that is of great worth, you might not feel like it is. And so what I've learned, at least over this past year of having schizophrenia, is that spirituality is definitely of great worth for me. Um, it kind of keeps me on this path of knowing that things are going to be all right, that despite my hallucinations, that despite my symptoms, that as long as I keep God of great worth, as long as I keep God in my foresight, that some things will happen. My symptoms might get severe. I might fall, but I'll be able to get back up. And, you know, like we've been saying, this might not be for everyone, and it doesn't need to be for everyone, for everyone to believe, because we all have choice. We all have the ability to believe or not believe. 
And that can't be taken away from anyone. And so I really think it's helping me, spirituality, you know, kind of figure out where I'm going next. And so, you know, for example, 1 Nephi 7, uh, one of the verses says, Yea, and how is it that you have forgotten that the Lord is able to do all things according to his will? For the children of men, if it be so... If it so be that they exercise faith in him, wherefore let us be faithful to him. Of how, as long as I'm faithful to God, God will be faithful to me. And as long as I keep in mind that all things are possible with God, you know, yeah, my symptoms might get worse, might get better, but God will be with me to help me through whatever storm comes my way. Um, so First Nephi for me definitely just talks about you know, braving those storms of letting those storms come. But the fact that we're going to get through the storm as long as we have Jesus in our mind, um, as long as we keep in mind that, you know, Jesus Christ, um, you know, went through 10 times more terrible things than we have and that the spirit is with us, uh, you know, and these are things that I believe and I want to continue to believe no matter what. That despite my illness, I want to have positivity in my life. Despite my illness, I want to have something to look forward to. Excuse me, my stomach, I'm hungry. Despite my illness, I want something to look forward to every Sunday. And church is something I look forward to because of the people, because of my beliefs. And like I said, it's not for everyone, and that's okay. But hopefully today, adulting with schizophrenia has, you know, been helpful to you guys about how schizophrenia has impacted my adulthood and what's kind of hard for me right now. And the second half of the podcast kind of helped you understand how I'm getting through it, how I'm getting through this um, stage of adulting that is incredibly hard for me, but I have something to look forward to. So I love you guys. Uh, I'm praying for you guys, and I love you. I love you all. I'll see you at episode four.